Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. When I was in school, I wanted to achieve a, an athletic scholarship for college. So throughout high school, what I did is I ran cross country in hopes of getting an athletic scholarship, even though running felt like cruel and unusual punishment to me. Uh, in college, I wanted to be voted man of the year by my peers. So I applied and, and poured myself into all the right leadership positions to gain the vote of my peers. Even still, I want to be successful or appear successful to others. I want my neighbors to like me. So even though we live in a desert, I give my all every summer to have a golf course-like lawn. Watering, aerating, watering, fertilizing, watering, mowing, watering. I want you to like me. So I've preached a certain way or I've said yes to certain invitations. Anyone else, like, do, do, you, do you want to be successful or appear successful to others? You know, maybe it's you want to be the best mom. So you, or even just appear as the best mom. So you want to get up early. You're volunteering in your kid's class, managing the household. Maybe you want others to think you're attractive. So you are religious about your eating and your exercise. Maybe you want a promotion at work, so you arrive early, you stay late, you've taken on that key project, and you're, you're making sure your boss notices what you're doing. Maybe you want others to just think you're really something, so you dress like that or you drive that car. We live in an area where the American dream hasn't just been pursued, it's been realized for many. The, the jobs, the vacations, the toys, the houses, all of it. And we've even used our faith. Some of us have used our faith to posture ourselves a certain way in our society. We've used Christianity. Maybe we attend a certain church because of the way it's viewed in the community and how others will view us. Or we pray out loud at group because we want others to think that we're more spiritual than we actually are. We've given to the building campaign to get a pat on the back from the pastor. We want others to like us. We want to be successful. And whatever success looks like for you, success isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but something I've observed, and I have a limited perspective on this, but this isn't my reality. But with more publicity seems to come more public problems. With more money seems to come more demands, more requests. With more status comes more image management. Now, Success, even success as the world defines it, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but is it the best thing? We could actually experience good success. Jesus taught all about it in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to read about it today. You see, we're in this series U-Turn because Jesus invites us to turn from the way we've been living, turn from the way of the world, and follow Him, His way, a better way. And when we learn to follow Jesus, when we, when we live our life in step with him, we find life, the life that we've always been after. 
So today, we're going to take another look at the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus says next. And what we're going to see is that he has some very clear teaching around the success we should pursue and how we can realize it. If you've got a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew 6, verses 1 through 18 to follow along. And if you need a Bible, you can, of course, follow along on our free church app, where you can also jot down some notes along the way. Last time, we learned that more than our, our just not doing wrong, Jesus cares about our heart. Today, we're going to see that more than our doing right, Jesus cares about our heart. Because as we're discovering for Jesus, the heart is the heart of the matter. And as we jump in, let's pause right now. Let's pray and ask that God would speak to us from his word. Lord, we come before you and we ask that you would speak right here, right now in this moment, that you would reveal to us more of who you are and how you want us to relate with you. Reveal to us the success that, that you would have us seek and how we can go about seeking that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, picking up in Matthew 6, 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Okay, wait a second. We got to read that again because if I'm picking up what Jesus is putting down here, this is so backwards from the way of the world. He said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Okay, that's, that's pretty clear. Performing for the applause of others doesn't produce the applause of God. What is this reward that Jesus is talking about? Well, it's futuristic in nature. Like we're gonna realize it, we're gonna experience it, we're gonna receive it one day in heaven. And we could have all kinds of fun speculating what that reward could be. A mansion or some kind of position of prominence. But really, now we're just taking what worldly success looks like and superimposing it into heaven. But there is one thing that we know for sure about heaven. God is there. Profound, I know. But please stick with me. Scripture is clear that what makes heaven heaven is God's presence, like there's this unique experience of God's presence. The angels in heaven right now are standing before the throne of God and they are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Like when we are in his presence, like the angels are in his presence right now, we're going to be so awestruck by the glory of God because it's, it's the presence of God the glory of God that makes heaven, heaven. So if, uh, you, if you don't like being with God now, you're gonna hate heaven one day. Because it's, the gift is actually the giver. The, the reward is the relationship. And God can give us whatever else he wants to give us on top of this relationship, but Regardless of he gives us anything else, he's already given us the gift above all gifts. Him very, his very self, a relationship with him. The, the son of God became man so that you and I can have a relationship with God once again. Like, like this is the best news that we could ever hear. 
We don't have to wait till one day to realize this gift, to, to experience this re reward, to, to have a relationship with him. You see, here and now, Jesus connects us in a relationship with God. And when we have this relationship with God, it changes how we live here and now. So instead of performing for the applause of others, we are invited to be present with God the Father. And, and Jesus taught three really practical ways that we can live out our faith for an audience of one instead of the applause of others. And the first is this, give sincerely. Jesus taught in verses two through four. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus began with an assumption that his followers would give. He said, so when you give to the needy. As followers of Jesus today, we should follow Jesus in this way. We should give to what Jesus is about, the needy his church, God's kingdom, lives changed by the power of the gospel. So as we think about our giving, we also need to consider, we're at least wise to consider Jesus' instruction right here. Because for Jesus, why we give actually matters more than what we give. Jesus condemned hypocritical giving and he celebrated sincere giving. Uh, hypocritical giving is giving to get, to get the, the praise of people, to get a reward in return, to get a pat on the, pat, a pat on the back from a pastor. Uh, whereas sincere giving, sincere giving is secretive and sacrificial. It's between us and God and us and God alone. We give not to get something, but because God's already given so much to us. It's a response of gratitude. Um, we give not for, for the honor of others, but because we want to honor God. We give not to get a tax deduction, though it's pretty nice. We give out of gratitude. And we give not because we have extra money laying around. It's not easy when we give. Our giving is sacrificial. It actually hurts some. But in the hurt, in the sacrifice, we, when we give, we are depending upon God. We're trusting Him with our lives. Our heart in our giving matters to Jesus because why we give is more important than what we give. And if you wanna check your heart in your giving, just ask yourself, who gets the glory for this gift? Will I be applauded or will God be praised? If you seek the reward of public praise, Jesus says you're gonna get it. You will, you'll get it. Like if you want others to, to cheer you on, to think you're successful, to, to give you some sense of status, you'll get it. You're gonna get what you pursue. But what we should pursue is sincere giving because sincere giving honors God and God honors sincere giving. Next, Jesus shared another way that we can live out our faith for an audience of one rather than the applause of others. And it's this, pray sincerely. Jesus taught it this way in verses five through eight. 
And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus condemned hypocritical praying, and He celebrated sincere praying. Just like hypocritical giving, hypocritical praying is all about the applause of others. In the passage, Jesus referenced the religious leaders who would stand on the street corners and pray loudly for all to hear in hopes that others as they walked by would think, oh, how spiritual they are. Today, it might be uh, praying out loud at community group because we want others to think that we're closer to God than, than we really are. Or maybe it's, it's long, eloquent prayers, thinking that, that when we say, oh, God in highest heaven, we beseech thee today, that, that, that God's impressed with our like, King James lingo. But he's appalled by public prayer that lacks private pursuit. So, so how then should we pray? Well, Jesus answered this question and what he said next. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What we just read has famously come to be known as the Lord's Prayer. And there's power when we pray it word for word. And there's power when we pray it personally, like we personally express our hearts to God. And when we do that, when we express our hearts to God, Jesus uh, kind of highlights three different things that should characterize our prayer life in this prayer that he modeled for us. He's, so we should pray to praise, right? He starts with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It, it's all about God. Two, pray to pursue. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. It, it, this is all about what God's about. And then three, pray for provision. Jesus says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one this is about our need for god so are you sincere in your prayers are you praising god are you pursuing his thing are you asking him to meet your needs personally i'm i'm pretty good at asking god to do my thing to meet my needs, my way, I need to be better about seeking him in his way. So let's, let's do this this week. Let's, let's like level up our, our prayer life, all right? Maybe you haven't prayed in a while or maybe you haven't prayed this way in a while, but let's pray sincerely because sincere prayer honors God and God honors sincere prayer. What Jesus said next uh, initially appears kind of like a random aside in this teaching, but when we look at it a little closer, we realize that it has to do with our personal connection with God in prayer. He says this in verses 14 through 15. 
For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Okay, sometimes it would be so fascinating to do like a deep dive into the nuances of these verses and what it means for our faith. But for the sake of today, what I'm going to summarize uh, is this. This is what Jesus is kind of getting at. Our relationship with others impacts our relationship with God because our relationship with God should impact our relationship with others. Like it's an overflow from our life and it impacts the way we relate with those around us. You see, as people who have been forgiven so quickly, so readily, so freely by God, we, of all people, should be the quickest to forgive others. And when we don't forgive our spouse, our kids, our coworker, our cousin, it doesn't matter. When we don't forgive, when we let uh, frustration fester or even bitterness brew, we're sinning because we aren't extending forgiveness to those around us. In this sin of unforgiveness, it doesn't just cause distance in those relationships. It actually causes distance, separation in our relationship with God. So far, here's what we've learned. We've learned that we can live for an audience of one rather than the applause of others by doing a couple things. Uh, when we give sincerely and two, when we pray sincerely. And the third way, the final way Jesus illustrates here is by fasting sincerely. As with giving and praying, Jesus assumed that his followers would fast. He said it this way in verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have re received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Uh, similar to the hypocritical giving, the hypocritical praying, Jesus condemned hypocritical fasting because it's fasting for the applause of others. Uh, back then, people uh, would look kind of disheveled when they were fasting, and that would spotlight their spirituality. That was what they were that was they're hoping to accomplish. Uh, today, it might be a post on social media about how noble you are for taking a break from social media for a time. Or maybe the humble brag that you are doing a food fast right now. It's when we're when we're seeking the applause of others. If that's what we're after, we're gonna get it, but we're gonna we're gonna miss we're gonna miss the presence of God, the reward of the relationship with Him in the moment. So if your goal is to to gain the applause of others, post about it. Heck, shout the fact that you're doing a, a fast from the rooftops. But if you don't want to miss the reward, if you want to miss the relationship, if you want your fasting to mean something, fast sincerely. Because sincere fasting honors God and God honors sincere fasting. I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, I, I need to fast more. There have been times in my life where I have fasted, and honestly, they've been really good experiences. I, I've disconnected from something in the world, uh, deliberately so, so that I could connect closer with God. Uh, maybe it was food, social media, podcasts, chores even. I wish, I wish on the chores. But when I, when I have disconnected from something for a period of time, I have found myself connecting closer, hearing 
God more clearly. And you can too. So if you haven't fasted in a while or you haven't fasted ever, why don't you try fasting this week? Because maybe, maybe you feel like you're having a hard time connecting with God these days. Could it be that, that you need to disconnect from something, something even good in your life to connect with him, someone greater? <clears throat> if you seek God sincerely, you seek him in your, your giving, in your praying, in your fasting. Just know this, God is, is close at hand. You will be able to connect with him. You will experience peace in his presence. The, the secret to success, it isn't status, it's sincerity. The secret to success isn't status, it's sincerity. And when we sincerely seek God today, we will experience him, his, his presence. We don't have to wait till one day to experience the reward of the relationship. We get to experience a relationship with God here and now. And if you enjoy a relationship with God here and now, oh, you're going to love heaven one day. And when we're living in the here and now, when this is our story, when we live for, the, for an audience of one, the applause of others no longer matters. Let me pray for us. God, would you help us live for you and you alone? In our, in our right actions, would, would our heart also be pure? Would it be right before you? Would we give and pray and fast and not do it to try to win the favor of others or, or appear a certain way to people? Would we do it out of a pure motivation to honor you, to glorify you, to seek you? And as we seek you, may we find you. Thank you. Thank you for the promise that, that when we follow Jesus, we find life. We pray all this in his name.